Are you ready for the most informative, well-thought-out hockey podcast on the internet? You are? Sorry. It's just Crown Conversations with your hosts, Robin P. and James Nicholson. Welcome to Crown Conversations. I'm your host, Robin. No, I'm James, and I'm joined by co-host Robin, <laughs> and I'm so good at this, and I'm still so certain you're glad that you've made me co-host, Robin. <laughs> James, your radio background is showing. It sure is. I'm so good at this. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, guys, it's training camp. It's World Junior Championships. It's time for wild speculation and all kinds of things as we prepare for the 2021 NHL season that will start in a couple of weeks and end supposedly in the summer. And who knows what's going to happen in between because this world is weird. (laughs) Well, before we get started, um, I'd like to point out one thing, actually two things. First of all, I have to say I'm really sorry. I don't know anything what's happening with the World Juniors. I have not watched one single minute of it. My replays come from a guy who is using MS Paint to show the replays. So <laughs> I find him delightful personally. He's a great follow. You should look him up on Twitter. Stephen uh, Ellis, THN. Go, go follow Stephen Ellis and watch his or look out for his MS Paint quote-unquote replays. They're outstanding. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm doing this right now. <laughs> the other thing, so I, okay, this is going to be a little bit of a rant, so please forgive me for this. Oh, um, I'm going to put myself on mute and, and thoroughly enjoy this. So uh, <laughs> something tells me it might have something to do with what you were ranting about on Twitter. Yes. Okay. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, that's fine. I am at Robin or JFTC if you do want to follow me on Twitter. But so Elliot Friedman came out a couple of days ago and he said that, oh, by the way, it looks like the NHL will be having their outdoor game after all this year, except for the fact that it's going to be in Lake Tahoe. (sighs) Okay. Well, there's a lot of things to start here. Uh, and he's, oh, and the the probable, and this is wild speculation, so, I mean, my, my anger could be mislaid here, although not all of it is. So the, the speculated probable teams are the Flyers, the Bruins, Avalanche, and the Golden Knights. So if you're not familiar with California or Nevada geography, Lake Tahoe, the actual lake itself, is an enormous lake in the mountains. Uh, There are several resort towns around the lake, and the whole area is simply gorgeous. And I encourage everybody to visit once COVID is over or and you have had your vaccination. Anyway, absolutely stunning place. Lovely in the summer, lovely in the winter. And so South Lake Tahoe, the city where Edgewood Resort is borders California and Nevada. So half of it is in California, half of it's in Nevada. You know you're in the Nevada side when you see casinos. This is where I get really upset. Right now, at this very moment, 
California is leading the country in infection rates and deaths in the midst of a global pandemic. This is going to be a recurring theme. Yes, we are still in the midst of a global pandemic. The latest, more infectious strain of COVID-19 has actually been found in California. There are zero, as in absolutely none, no ICU beds left in all of Los Angeles County. They are turning ambulances away at the door. So what happens when the, the ADR gets too full, the hospital says, we can't take any more patients. Go away. They still take walk-ins, obviously. They just tell the ambulances, go somewhere else. Listen, this is really bad because if you're ever in an accident, you're going to the store or whatever, you're in a horrible car accident and you need to call an ambulance and you need to get taken to the hospital, then if you get taken to the hospital, the hospital will say, sorry, we have no room. Go find another inn to take this person to get medical care because they have too many COVID patients. So that's where I start to get really upset. And I know technically Edgewood Resort is in Nevada, but let's not kid ourselves. It's five minutes from the California border. California people, California residents are already having enough problems as it is following Governor Newsom's stay-at-home orders. I get it. It's It's been tough. And whoever you want to blame, if there's anybody you want to blame, I totally understand the frustration, especially coming from Governor Newsom, of all people, and our state legislators who have not been following their own advice and their own lockdown orders. I would totally get the anger and the frustration there. And for anybody who thinks, oh, it's all overblown, there's recall Newsom. You should go look it up. Some of the things people say are, it's wild. Um, (laughs) But anyway, you're putting an outdoor spectacle in the midst of a pandemic, which first of all is irresponsible as it is, but you're putting it five minutes from a state that is leading the country, which by the way is like second or third in the entire world in infection rates and death. So it's like maybe not a good idea. And then one of the other things I said, logistically, logically, I find that it wouldn't make sense to put the game in Tahoe when Colorado has like 12 ski resorts. There's Vail, Aspen, Beaver Creek, three of like the most posh ski resorts in Colorado. Plenty of places there. Why not put it there? Like I just logistically to me, that just makes more sense than being like, oh yeah, we're also going to fly out these two Eastern Conference teams because that's what NBC wants. Just, yeah. (laughs) So my whole rant basically centers around people in California are selfish enough. Don't bring on this added pressure to this resort city. There, in the red. I mean, also in Northern California, the sharks can't even be in their own facilities right now. Well, well, that's Santa Clara. 
our county. Well, it, it, you know, it, we're on the other side of the state, you know, in terms of east and west, but it, it just seems to be uh, at the very least very tone deaf by the NHL. And yeah, and good rant, Robin. Really good rant. I got. I have to thank you <laughs> for that. I'm sorry. It just, it made me so mad when I was thinking about it. And I was just like, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. This is not just the flu. This is not just everybody wash your hands and stay away from other people. This is literally stay away from other people, wear a mask and stay the F at home. Don't go out. Ambulances are being turned away from hospitals. Why do you think this is a good idea? Because money. Okay, can you not get money out of Colorado? Can you not get it out of St. Louis? What about Boston or Massachusetts? What about Philadelphia? Yeah, but it's easier to gamble there and get into other 12 trouble. states that have... <laughs> yes, I'm on your side, Rob. I am sorry I'm poking the bear right now. Um. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's just like, to me, it just it was like, okay, even from if you look at it from the weather standpoint, Tahoe is very beautiful. The weather does tend to fluctuate from being 30 degrees to 60 degrees within the same week. So mm-hmm. it's just like, there are 12 other states that probably you could do just as well or better. I'm sure they have lakes and beautiful vistas in, in Missouri. Uh, <laughs> okay, Missouri's in the plains. They're probably not, but the no, Rockies are be, pretty famous. There could be games in Kansas City this year. Who knows? Um, uh, seems unlikely because BC finally signed off on the NHL. So Yeah, they did, but we can hope because it, it really seems like they've got one heck of an arena there that AEG is hoping to fill with a hockey team one day. Um, speaking of filling hockey teams, the LA Kings training camp, they get training camp before a lot of other teams because they failed to meet the play-in and playoffs for last year. And we've had three days of high scoring, high skill, Todd McClellan <laughs> quoted action. <laughs> And man, it, I think everyone's favorite story, at least my favorite story thus far from training camp is the all Swedish line of Carl Grundstrom, Lias Anderson and Samuel Fagamo, uh, because like they keep putting up points and scoring and, uh, they just appear to have an insane amount of chemistry right off the bat, which is very fun. I think today Anderson mentioned that his dad and Fagamo's dad like played together in Sweden and they've known each other since they were very little kids. Wow. Which is really cool. And uh, so we are recording on the second. So today it looks like Grundstrom had a goal and a primary assist in the scrimmage games today between group A and group B. Um, And, I mean, that, that is the group that has uh, the number one line with Ayafalo, Kopitar, and Brown, 
what we would assume would be the number four line of Trevor Moore, Mike Amadio, and Matt Luff, and then the all-Swedish line, and then the final line in that fourth grouping is Isomont, Aiden Dudas, and Tyler Madden. So that is a group that is is pretty interesting, especially given they maybe don't have the premier defensive pairings in that group because, uh, yeah, the first pairing is Anderson and Roy, and then Clegg and Mark Alt and Daniel Brickley and Sean Dursey as the third pair. Um, that's pretty fun uh, considering they're going up against what I think is another like pretty good, pretty responsible, pretty mature group in Group B and getting some some good action, uh, so to speak, so far in the three days of training camp. Yes, but the caveat is, as always, not to be Debbie Downer today. Apparently, this is going to be my role. But, I mean, the caveat here is, is it's just training camp. And I don't mean to be negative. I really don't. Elias Anderson um, for Hart. He's going to win the Hart <laughs> Trophy this year. As the no, Kings. but, I mean. They get three cups for this year. <laughs> That's how good they'll be after these three days of training camp. Don't doubt it. You <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, we saw last year, I forgot who it was, um, but in, in 2019 when training camp opened, um, we saw some really good lines that looked like they had a lot of chemistry. And then um, Todd McClellan, he was around last year, right? That was his first full season? Yes. Second full season? Ace. I can't remember. We saw... I forgot who it was anymore, but we saw some people who I think they all got traded away, <laughs> but they had like really good chemistry uh, during, during um, training camp and, and just like preseason and everything. And it looked like they should probably start the season that way. And Todd McClellan was questioned about it and he goes, yeah, we'll see. And then they were not aligned until the Kings had lost like, some ridiculous amount of games in a row. And then he puts them back together. Magic happened. I was like, wow, maybe we should have tried this from the beginning. Was that Kempe and Wagner on the line? I think so. I mean, I, I know it's like, okay, you got two fast kids in Kempe and Wagner. Neither of them have very good hands, but still it's kind of like they, it looked like they were having success early on. Yeah, and I mean, especially for Todd McClellan's system, where there's a lot of energy expected of you in the offensive zone. Like, you're going to be hitting, you're going to be creating uh, plays for your line mates. You are going to be moving a ton. It's just the way it is. Um, Having that maybe innate sense of chemistry is a huge benefit for that system. Um, Really quick, the other uh, group here uh, at the start of training camp, the top line is Kempe, Velarde, and Ferk, followed by Wagner, Lazat, Carter, uh, Akil Thomas, Jared Anderson, Dolan, and Rasmus Kapari, and then Boku Mama and Jake Rimshaw uh, make up that fourth with, I guess, Marcus Phillips being the extra skating defenseman maybe has been filling in on that line or they've been cycling through forwards, um, double-shifting some guys. But, yeah, that is... Um, It's kind of fun because 
we have the added element of the taxi squad this year. And it, for me, I'm kind of like, Ooh, who does taxi squad and who goes to the, to the rain? Cause the Wait, what's taxi squad. So taxi squad is essentially a group of four to six players, including one goalie who you get to carry with you who are not on the AHL roster, who get to practice with the NHL team who are there to jump in in case anyone on your team gets COVID and cannot play. So, yeah. Um, so you start to think of guys like uh, Quentin Byfield being a taxi squad guy if the Ontario Hockey League doesn't happen this year, which it appears, uh, who knows if that will happen. Um, and, yeah, so we have guys who... Maybe a guy like Sean Dursey or Mark Alt as an extra defenseman uh, are playing on the taxi squad. Or maybe even a guy like Jacob uh, Moverare, who's in camp over from Sweden. I mean, Moverare, everyone has always liked his game. He's very smart. He just does not have a lot of speed. Um, probably doesn't play the game fast enough to be at the NHL level, but uh, seems from all accounts to be a very uh, heady and responsible player. So who knows what this looks like for the Kings when you look at that Grundstrom, Anderson, Fogamo line. Ooh, uh, that could be a really competitive line at the AHL. And who knows if something happens with the Kings during the season, injuries, COVID, you know, God forbid that happens. Those guys could step in and maybe make a, a fun impact for the team. Who knows how set Todd McClellan is on the lines uh, we saw last year, he, he had to shuffle. He had to jumble some guys around. Um, obviously, seven games, he found something that was working. So the thing with Moverart is that he is a really good, really solid stay-at-home defenseman. And the Kings absolutely loved his game when he was in Sweden. And um, I think when... Patrick Bexell, he um, spoke about Muvarari and spoke to his coach. But by all accounts, it seemed that the Kings really were very um, happy with Muvarari's de- development, but they wanted him to stay in Sweden an extra year or two for that extra quote-unquote seasoning and in order to really play against better competition than he would get in the AHL. Cause I guess they feel that because Moverare's team was first in the SHL last year, his development would be better served over there to get a lot of minutes rather than rotating with like the 12 defensemen that the rain had last year. Right. And he's a two time uh, SHL champion. Uh, he's won twice with his team. Uh, and I mean, is by all accounts, a very heady, smart defenseman. And yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Where does he fit in this year? We have Oli Mata with Drew Doughty, which Drew Doughty seems very, very excited about. Um, Drew- oh yeah. So wait, wait. Oh, we have to talk about Drew Doughty. Not, not right this second. When we finish discussing. No, I- Hey, let's go for it. Cause the only other, yeah. uh, (laughs) Curtis McDermott and Sean Walker is the other pairing. Let's talk about drew Dowdy, how fired up he is. I knew it was going to be like this. 
all the YouTube videos out of the you know Canadian sports networks where they just trash Drew Doughty's NHL 21 rankings. Like, oh, you knew he was going to see it and get so fired up about it. And I love it. I love mad Drew Doughty, who's going to be out for blood this year. He does not handle criticism well. Uh, no, he is hyper ultra competitive at everything, likes to win at every single thing he does. And if you're telling him he's not as good as he quote unquote used to be, he is now going to find a way to show up and be better than he ever was. And he talked about with the extended off season, he got some time to heal up, you know, cause the rumor is maybe the injury that he suffered at the world cup of hockey has never quite fully gotten better. And he's been playing a little bit hurt. Uh, he also said he's gotten stronger, that his weightlifting routine was different because it wasn't just maintenance this year. Uh, he has actually spent three or four years training with Oli Mata in the offseason. And so they already know each other pretty well. There's already chemistry there. Uh, Oli Mata, a two-time Stanley Cup champion defenseman, uh, now stepping on. I mean, he was not well-liked at the end in, of his tenure in Pittsburgh for being slow. Same with his time in Chicago. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, no one talked about how fleet of foot Rob Skidari was when he was paired with Drew Doughty. So I think things should Yes, be they fine. did. <laughs> <laughs> James, that is an absolute lie, and you know it. Oh, yeah. He, he was a regular Kevin Dolman, that Rob Skidari. Um, <laughs> Listen. Listen, if he hadn't taken one literally for the team and gotten his face smashed in in game six, people would still be complaining about him. Yeah, yeah, uh, they would. (laughs) And I have always had a lot of love and appreciation for the piece Um, because he uh, one, he's a nice guy and two could really just pound a postgame sandwich like it was nobody's business, which is still amazing about him. (laughs) Um, All right. So talking about Drew Doughty, in case you hadn't seen it on social media anywhere or whatever your favorite blog is, uh, Jules from the Crown, Drew Doughty, that he spent most of his break in Canada and was watching the cables in the sports network, PSN, he couldn't miss hearing the criticism that his game has slipped. I'm seeing guys not having me slotted to make the Olympic team, Doughty said. And so that just frustrated me. I definitely don't hear that from my peers ever. And so it's the media. You can look it up if you want to see it, which so typical Drew Doughty, which actually I find that to be calm Drew Doughty. That's not fired up Drew Doughty by any means. Fired up Drew Doughty was the one lifting heavy weights to loud music. (laughs) So he's gotten out a lot of that aggression. We didn't get him in the heat of the moment after he had just heard those things on TV. Oh, absolutely not. But I mean, it's, well, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, like, why is Drew Doughty so angry? I'm like, that's not angry Drew Doughty. That is not even close to, like, pissed off Drew Doughty. That's just Drew Doughty and his yeah. super ultra hyper competitiveness, uh, which is part of why we love Drew Doughty and why Drew Doughty can sometimes take weird penalties when he's just absolutely screaming at a referee for a penalty he probably did commit. So that's leadership, James. Oh, uh, James on Jameson, <laughs> James on Jameson. Welcome to the new 
uh, segment here on Crown Conversations. It's called James on Jameson, where he gives you the latest news about seventh round draft pick by the LA Kings, Atu Jameson out of Finland. <laughs> That's right, folks. Atu Jameson, he is currently the leading scorer for the Pelicans in the under-20 SM Sarja League in Finland. He has 36 points, 10 goals, 26 assists in 24 games. He has 28 penalty minutes on the year and is a plus 12. He is second in the entire league in scoring and uh, has recently talked about how proud he is to have been chosen by the LA Kings and is excited to continue to develop because you know, not a lot of teams were willing to take a chance on him after having serious injury setbacks last year. And that, my friends, has been James on Jameson. Woo! Okay, so World Junior Championships is also going on right now. And yes, Lucas, per- uh, sorry, I think it's Lucas um, Parik, who is a goalie uh, currently playing for the Spokane Chiefs in juniors in the WHL is going to take on Canada and Quinton Byfield's leader in the quarterfinals. Is Parikh getting the start today? Because uh, they have been I kind of going back know. and forth I... um, with the Czech goaltenders uh, between Parikh and Nick Malik. Um, both of them have a shutout. Both of them, uh, oof, uh, 377 and a 327 goals against uh, both of them sub 90 on the safe percentage, but uh, Parikh did have a really big shutout against Russia for the Czechs, which was awesome. But then he had like, yeah, he was amazing against the Russians. The Russians are suffering a little bit in their juniors program right now. Um, I heard that they're, they're going to have like a setback for a couple of years until like their 15 year olds or whatever come of age. That's what I've heard before. I don't know how true it is. Yeah, I mean, watching the the Russians against the Americans, uh, one thing that was pretty obvious was that the Russians are pretty fancy-free. They are are wheeling and dealing, moving, and the Americans looked really uptight in that first game. And we are seeing, uh, I mean, you know, Hall of Famer, absolute monster, well, a very small-statured monster, for the Soviet team way back when, and for the Detroit Red Wings, Igor Larionov is their coach. And they are playing such a Soviet, classic Soviet style with a lot of weaving, a lot of circles, a lot of drop passes, and then open up a lane and just take it right to the net. And they're fun. But you saw against the Czechs, the Czechs blocked a lot of shots. They didn't chase. And it was really fun. Uh, I'm sorry if I am now yeah. dominating this right now because I'm so fired up. No, 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 that's okay. Here. I, I, I haven't actually seen the World Juniors, but I have seen people talking about it, and I saw somebody take a screenshot, and it was really interesting when they were comparing the Russians to the Czechs and how the Czechs actually managed to beat the Russians. In that, basically, they just kind of lined up all four, well, all five guys, basically, just kind of went in a line in their own zone and just was like, no, you can't come in. Sorry. Yeah, they, they did a really good job. Uh, I mean, again, blocked a ton of shots. Uh, The Russians still had some really great looking opportunities to score and Perique did a great job. Uh, The Czechs have just been, they've been really up and down throughout the tournament. 
um, which has, you know, also been fun. Uh, speaking of up and down, Quentin Byfield uh, hasn't scored a ton except for one game where he went off for two goals and four assists for six points. Uh, that was also the game where I believe Jordan Spence, who drew into one game uh, for a suspended Brandon Schneider, uh, got a goal. So the Kings prospects contributing for Team Canada. According to Mayor's Manor, uh, Spence is supposed to draw into tonight's game. Good. I I am excited for him. I think he uh, he's played really well. I mean, he's above a point-a-game player as a defenseman in the QMJHL this year uh, before their season was suspended. I just, like, Byfield is tied for sixth with scoring in the tournament. He has seven points in four games. He's a plus seven. He's been, uh, I mean, he's been on the ice for some key defensive moments for Team Canada in the round robin. There haven't been many of them because they've been blowing everyone out of the water. But he's had a... Kind of to be expected. Right. Jordan Spence, I think, there, there is this thing to Jordan Spence's game where I'm watching him and I'm going, am I looking at like a smaller offensive defenseman a la Lubomir Viznovsky, or am I looking at a smaller offensive defenseman a la Jamie McBain? And I, I don't know what it is yet with him. Uh, I am excited to see him as a guy who has maybe been looked over in years past, maybe doesn't have all the hype around him, who is stepping in and contributing uh, for a absolutely stacked Team Canada. Quinton Byfield, I think, is also the youngest guy on the team this year again, which just blows my mind Um, because, man, is Team Canada good. And speaking of good, Trevor Zegris for the Americans is currently leading the tournament in scoring. He has 13 points in four games. That's pretty darn good. Isn't he a Ducks prospect? He sure is. I believe he was chosen ninth (laughs) overall by the Ducks. Uh, He is, I believe, best friends with Alex Turcotte. He has been playing to the left of Turcotte and Kaliev. Um, Turcotte, a goal, four assists. Kaliev, one goal, three assists um, in four games. I mean, respectable. I think those two guys have looked really uptight and more focused on defense and their positioning which has kind of allowed Zegers to just run around and go crazy, which is fun and great to watch. But like, I think in terms of a Todd McClellan system, I'm kind of happy to see Turcotte and Cali of playing this way. Kind of makes you think, ah, maybe, uh, maybe they're already auditioning if they can't be at training camp. <laughs> I'm, I know for a fact, that's not the case. They're trying to win a gold medal at the world junior championships, but uh, I think there's still a lot to enjoy about them. Also, Brock Farber, the defenseman uh, who was drafted this year by the Kings in the third round or second round, looking really good on the back end. He's been, you know, the second pairing defenseman for Team USA the whole tournament, picking up some good assists, has a goal. Casper uh, Simtoval for Finland, he's been having uh, a good tournament as well. Uh, two goals. Three assists for five points in four games. He's a plus three. And, oh, Chromiak. Oh, my gosh. Give me Chromiak all day. Uh, 
it has been a tough go for Slovakia in this tournament, um, which is uh, a shame. But, I mean, that dude just posts up and lets it rip. He has been so much fun to uh, watch on the power play. He only has one goal for one point in four games. But, uh, yeah, he has his role and played it very well for a Slovakia team that definitely struggled, unfortunately, in the round robin portion. Um, I believe they do make it. Yeah, they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they play the U.S. tonight here on January 2nd. So we get to see Chromiak, Martin Chromiak against the U.S. And Alex Turcott, oh, oh my gosh, I just talked so much and I, I'm out of breath. Talk for a while, Robin. Nobody wants to hear me talk. They've heard me talk enough. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, okay, actually, I do want to say one thing. Austria had a rough tournament. <laughs> this is from Adam Kimmelman. He tweeted, the only medal Austrian goalie Sebastian Vranischitz should get is a purple heart for all the shots he's seen. He's faced 54 today. This was tweeted, I think, a couple days ago. Uh, 54 shots today with five minutes left versus Czech, 187 in three games. To compare, Eustace Anunin of Finland saw 190 shots, most in the 2020 WJC in seven games. That poor Austrian goalie child. Oh, man. Like, I felt the same about Germany, especially since they had to... um play shorthanded with players testing positive for COVID. Uh, the Swedes had a lot of coaches who couldn't be a part of the team, which by the way, Tobias Bjornfoot having a very good tournament as well. Um, he and Turcotte got into it a little bit by the side of the net the other night. And that was fun. I did feel bad for Germany. I know they were eliminated today. They but, not. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Against Russia. They were sorry. Yeah. They just, they played their hearts out. They left everything out there on the ice and they they've been playing shorthanded the entire tournament i don't know if they were ever at any point i don't know if they had a full roster yeah and i mean gosh like tim stutzla took that team on his back he played great they they lose two to one to the russians i mean brutal that sure is and my gosh, what an impressive freaking show from the kids from Germany. That is, that's tough. And they played really hard. And I mean, they, they lost to Canada, like 16 to two to open the tournament. Oh, that was brutal. But they, they also played with like, I think like 12 players or 14 players. Yeah. Like 
there's only so much they can do and they gave it their all and should hold their heads up high because they are just, I mean, to challenge that Russian team, the way that they did was pretty awesome. And, you know, maybe the, uh, the, uh, maybe people have figured out how to stop that Russian team after what the Czechs did to them. I love world juniors. It's always so much fun. I'm just so excited by all the Kings prospects who have taken part in it already this year. We have a lot to look forward to for the Kings. And speaking of this year, uh, here's a fun little wrinkle that Rob Blake mentioned. He's looking into maybe doing something like what the Ottawa Senators did and taking on a contract to use some of their more than $12 million in cap space to gain an asset. And seeing as mm. cap friendly, there are currently 10 teams who are over the cap this year. Um, there could be something for the Kings to do in order to take on some stuff and maybe make them a bit better in the short term, maybe get another draft pick for helping out a team. I mean, I kind of feel like Jim Benning would be willing to give up a first round pick if we took Louis Erickson's contract off his plate for him. Yeah, but Louis Erickson is so bad. Oh yeah. No, he is. And the Kings would still have more than you know, like six and a half million dollars in cap space if they took that contract on. Oh no. I mean, like I understand where you're coming from, but I'm just, you want a usable asset, don't you? Uh, a first round pick for a team who I don't think makes the playoffs this year in Vancouver would probably be a good one. How deep is the 2021 draft supposed to be? Uh, well, it's uh, a bit more of a wild card this year than previous years. Cause you know, who knows what teams and what players can play when and for how long. Um, that's true. So why not? But sure as heck, it'd be nice to see the Kings have more first round picks, uh, to try to hit on some things earlier on. Uh, because yeah, who knows what the crapshoot of the 2021 NHL draft will be. Um, it doesn't seem like there is a clear cut favorite, uh, at this point. So yeah, but there are, there are a lot of teams who need help. I mean, heck, even the Islanders still need help because although they have three million in cap room, they haven't re-signed Matthew Barzel yet, who is a restricted free agent. Speaking of Islanders, they still have a lot of issues with Josh Hosang, and I get that he has a lot of attitude issues. Like a couple of years ago, he overslept, and there were reports that he was like a poor sport and everything, but. There's a lot of talent there, and I wonder what it would take. They, the two sides do not seem to be getting along. Like, everybody knew that Josh Hosang was kind of a wild card coming in, although a lot of people attributed that to a racial thing, and they may not have been wrong. They may not have been correct 100%, but they may not have been totally wrong, because it, it turns out that he did seem to have some attitude issues, but... It seems pretty clear that Hosang doesn't want to be there. They don't seem to want him there, but they also don't want to seem to give him up. So I wonder if it would be worth it 
for the Islanders to give up a young asset like Hosang for somebody more experienced. I don't know who, but you know, well, hey, they, I'm the- sure they would like to get rid of Andrew Ladd's contract of five and a half million for the next three years. Well, I meant on the Kings, like who right, could, right. what could the Kings trade or who that the would be worth it cap for? Hosang isn't counting against the cap. He's not even. He's not even on the training camp roster for the Islanders. I know. It's really a shame. I mean, the guy can play. He He's a good distributor from the middle of the ice. He can do some things. I mean, he he definitely does not play Lou Lamorello or Barry Trotz hockey in his style. No. I mean, he kind of reminds me a little bit more of a Jonathan Drouin or a um, somewhere between Drouin and Galchenyuk. <laughs> and I understand that's a pretty big gap right now. Um, but you know what I'm trying to get at. That guy who's just kind of like a little bit can be overly creative with his passing sometimes. Yeah, I think those are good comparisons. I mean, Drew Ann had the pedigree, but he didn't really live up to it. And Galchenia, he he also had the pedigree, but he seemed to kind of struggle yeah, um, just looking really quick, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, St. Louis Blues, Edmonton Oilers, the Ducks, the Winnipeg Jets, the Vancouver Canucks, the Montreal Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, and to no surprise, the Las Vegas Golden Knights over the salary cap as of this moment. Uh, Calgary, Dallas, Carolina, the Penguins, and the Avalanche are all less than $2 million from the cap. So things are tight for a lot of teams right now. And the Kings have the second most cap room in the NHL, uh, surpassed only by the New Jersey Devils, who, according to Cap Friendly, only have 17 skaters on their roster. So they could uh, fill out a little bit more and uh, get closer to the Kings number. But, yeah, it's uh, it's fortuitous that the Kings are just happen to be rebuilding at a time when cap space is especially valuable. Well, it's fortuitous, but I mean, it's also a notable pattern that literally all teams go through at some point. I mean, sure. Because, but like the New York Rangers went through a rebuild and uh, their big thing for rebuilding was, uh, we're going to draft, we're going to develop talent, and then as soon as we get any semblance of cap space, we're signing Artemi Panarin. I mean, they're one of the better teams, and they have $4.8 million in cap space. Like, yeah, they're doing pretty good. And, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks kind of rebuilding, but, of course, you have the Taves, Seabrook, uh, Kane, and uh, Keith contracts, and they have $4.2 million in cap space. And, oh, man poor Chicago. Uh, I didn't think I'd say that too often about the Chicago Blackhawks, but I mean, probably missing Kane for the start of the year. Lots of guys. And Taves. I'm sorry. That's why I'm at Taves. No Taves, no Seabrook. It looks like no Andrew Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I feel absolutely zero sympathy for them. 
Like it looks like Matthias Yanmark oh, like or Carl Soderberg will be their number one center on open. <laughs> and Kirby Doc got hurt before the World Junior started. So I mean, unfortunate for Kirby Doc, but again, I feel absolutely zero sympathy for the Blackhawks. <laughs> I'm cold and heartless. I thought people knew this. Well, I, I mean, you've had good rants today, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> so a thing I would like to bring up with the cap space to just speculate wildly. Do the Jets finally make the Patrick Line trade? He's got <sighs> 6.75 against the cap and then is a restricted free agent next year or after this year. Uh, he is still only 22 years old which I think for some people is a little bit shocking because it seems like he's been in the league for a lot longer than four years. It really does feel like he's probably in his 30s. Yeah. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets, over the salary cap, their restricted free agent forward, Jack Roslovich, has said, trade me or or sign me. I'm not showing up to camp until either one of those things happen. Um, He still does not have a contract for this year as a restricted free agent. Um, Yeah it would be very funny if the Jets have to trade Patrick Line to appease Jack Roslovich. Seems like a very Jets thing to do. <laughs> um, I mean, they gave Cheval Day off an extension and all he does is keep Pomo around. Like Jets fans are absolutely at their wits end. Yeah. Yeah. And they need to get under the cap. And I was looking, I was like, Ooh, Matthew Perot, he could be kind of fun and interesting. Oh, no trade clause. Okay. Uh, like they just, you know, they just traded for Paul Stastny, Mark Shifley, Patrick Line, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ellers. Not a lot of guys who it seems like they want to trade, you know, Adam Lowry, Andrew Kopp, Mason Appleton. Those are young guys who I think they want to keep around. They're not making a ton of money against the cap. They have Nate Thompson, who is just the goodest guy in hockey. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure they would love to keep him around as much as possible. And even after trading Stastny to the Jets, the Golden Knights are over the cap right now. Um, right now, they've got 12 Fords, 7D, and two goalies. And, oof, they are... They are tight against the cap. Um, technically over it right now. Yeah. So they have to hope they don't have any injuries oh. this year. Um, supposedly they're they're shopping Max Pacioretty. Yeah, who supposedly fired his agent when the draft day trade to the Kings didn't go through and then ended up getting traded to Vegas. And that's why the Kings signed Kovalchuk because that signing fell through. Brian Burke, I think, has said on Sports Stand Up in Canada a few times, uh, Vegas is a great place to play for six months, and then they're sick of you and, and want to move on from you. <laughs> Pacioretty's wearing an A for them. I mean, he's a captain of the Canadiens, and last year had 32 goals and 34 assists for 66 points in 71 games. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure outside of getting cap relief because they signed him to that monster contract. Um, I don't understand exactly what Vegas' plan here is. You can't really upgrade Pacioretty. 
32 goals in 71 games. Like, okay, you think you're going to get somebody better? 40 goals for, what, 60 games? Good luck. Uh, okay. Say Pacioretty is offered to Rob Blake. Who do you give up for Max Pacioretty? Uh, Drew Doughty. Oh, no. <laughs> that's not happening. Because that's four more <laughs> against the cap. Um, um, hold on a second. Let me see. Let me think. Um, Kings don't really have anybody who can put up big numbers, has a small contract, and is actually a good player. Like, the only person in my I mean, mind- I think you have to go, like, top prospect of, like, Anderson Dolan. Oh. That's, like, that's not happening. Yeah. Quinton Byfield, maybe? So, oh, no. in order to no. get... I would trade. Well, I, no, no, no. I'm just, for Pacioretty. I mean, he, oh, well, of course. He could no, be. But, but this is what I'm saying that Vegas would probably take is. Yeah. Honestly, they'd probably demand both Anderson Dolan and Byfield. They're both prospects at this point. They're not established players. Pacioretty is an established player. You know he can put up thirty plus goals in a season. You know what you're getting with Pacioretty. You technically don't really know what you're getting with either Anderson Dolan or Byfield yet. Not really. Yeah, but trading the number two pick after you just chose him before he's played an NHL game. I don't. Uh, that. Oh, you've given me heartburn. That hurts. That hurt <laughs> my soul so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, I don't think that. I think both players are untouchable on the untouchable list but i think that if you want to get a patch already that's what it's going to take i don't think that you can throw in like your first round pick and andreas anthony see you and be like okay here you go <laughs> a collection of, of leftovers with anderson and maybe dustin brown if you're lucky or aiden dudas or whatever just like you know I I get it. I mean, to get Max Pacioretty, though, I mean, he's he's 32, and he does he has after this year two more years left on his contract. So you're you're you've got him until he's about 35 years old. Um, but I mean, him playing on Kopitar's left side could be pretty cool. Um, again, doubt that it happens. Doesn't seem very feasible. Well, I thought it was just good podcast banter to bring up a hypothetical <laughs> trade, but uh, no, it is good. Po- well, okay. Well, here's the thing. I think you could swing a reasonable deal for Pacioretty because Vegas is so cap strapped. Mm-hmm. Because they are how how much over over the cap are they? Hang on, I'm I mean, pulling it up right now. They're about a million or half a million over That's- the cap right now. And they have, they have um, somebody's on LTIR. Let's see. Honestly, they could probably just demote somebody. They could demote Braden McNabb, and they'd save money. They're not going to. But yeah, you're right. Vegas absolutely has to hope and pray that nobody gets hurt. Yeah. At least none of their their big five of 
Stone, Pacioretty, Carlson, Smith, and Marcheseau. All, by the way, on pretty sizable deals. And um, I'll have no move or, well, all of them except for Stone have modified no trade clauses. Stone has a full no move clause. Yeah. 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 And Alex Petrangelo, who just signed, has a full new move clause, and he signed at eight point eight a year for a while. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think Kelly McCrimmon wants to look bad after he just gave away Nate Schmidt for a third round pick either. I mean, he could probably trade Alec Martinez for like a bag of pucks or something and retain fifty percent salary and call it a day. Yeah, bring him back to the Kings. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll give you like a third round pick. Oh, that's kind of high. We'll give you like a fifth round pick for Martinez back. Then they have to retain half the salary. Oh my gosh. I bet they would consider <laughs> it at this point. They might. I don't think Rob Blake would consider it. I mean, I'm looking at the Kings defense and it's okay. None of it is like overwhelming but yeah and tom mcclellan today did say uh, he expects mikey anderson to be on the the roster for the start of the season as one of the seven defensemen so yeah why not with I, matt roy and curtis mcdermott and sean walker and those four guys all rotating yeah i don't see how it would hurt and then you're, you're probably looking uh, at uh kale clegg as the seventh defenseman um Maybe Mark Alt has a more veteran guy. I feel like Mark Galt will probably start the year with the Kings, but Kale Clegg will be in the taxi squad. Here is something that I'm I'm looking at right now, and it's not Kings, but I'm going to bring it up because it's very peculiar. Um, the defense for the Detroit Red Wings. I'll read these off to you one by one. Mark Stahl. Okay. Danny DeKaiser. Okay. Patrick Nemeth. Troy Stetcher. Okay. John Merrill. Alex mm. Viega. Mm. And then Philip Ronick, uh, the prospect they have up with them. That is a very odd group of defensemen that... Um, well, Mark Stahl is—he's still pretty good. Danny DeKaiser is—I mean, I'm not overwhelmed by him, but I think he's a pretty solid defenseman. Patrick Nemeth—that one's a little—I don't quite know what to make of that. Boy, Stetcher—he's not very good. John Merrill—I don't really know anything about him. I've always he's liked twenty-eight. Him. I mean, his time with well, I don't the think Devils he... and, and the Knights, I thought he, he's a guy who just gets overlooked because he's not flashy at all. I, I think that's yeah. what I'm trying to get to is there is zero flash or any excitement to that defensive group. <laughs> that is... Uh, you were expecting of, flash from the Red Wings. Uh, Nick Litz, The worst team in the league. Uh, yeah, I know. But I, I just... That is a group that is... Um, uh, they don't appear to be lighting anyone up with speed heading into this year. And maybe it's just being rude to pick on the Red Wings right now, but you know what? They were too good for too long and I'm going to pick on them. (laughs) They deserve it. Thanks. Okay. I think I want to end this day 
with just, I'm just going to read you some Kings players. You tell me if you think they will make the roster, they'll be on the taxi squad, or they will be with the Ontario ring. Are you ready? Okay. Mike Amadio. Uh, Kings. Austin Wagner. Kings. Rasmus Kupari. Mm. Taxi squad. Taxi squad. Okay. Akil Thomas. Um, AHL. Jared Anderson Dolan. Um, Quinton Byfield. Uh, he plays nowhere. He he probably is tacked. Well, because he can't play with the Kings because he has to play nine games. So he'll probably stay with the taxi squad, but I don't foresee him actually making the team this year. Um, okay. So I think he'll just stay with the taxi squad, but like sort of unofficially. I'm with you 100%. Uh, Tyler Madden. He's in the AHL. He starts with Ontario. Okay. Um, Elias Anderson. Mm, Elias Anderson. Let's see. He's a 422 um, Ontario. Sean Dursey. Mm, Ontario. Okay. Uh, Mark Alt. I don't know exactly what Todd McClellan will do. He surprised me the last couple of years where the things that I thought were going to happen, he's like, "Mm, nah, let's give the kids a chance. So I'm going to say that Mark Alt ends up with the taxi squad or starts with the taxi squad, I should say. Okay. Uh, Alex Turcott. Um, I'm going to say that he goes to Ontario. All right. I'm going to finish this off with a real toughie. Okay. You ready? Okay. You ready? Tobias Bjornfoot. Oh, that one is tough. Oh. I'm going to say that he starts with Ontario. Okay. Wow. All right. Now, where do you think Grunstrom starts? Grunstrom? Oh, man. I think he's a healthy scratch on the roster to start the season. Okay. Matt Luff. The other healthy scratch for the Ford group. Okay. And Mikey Asimont. AHL. You think he gets a shot at all with the Kings this year? I kind of don't. I I don't know. Uh, maybe if there's some injuries, maybe he gets a move up to taxi squad or gets put into a, a game or two. I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility that he, he gets an NHL game under his belt this year. I just, I'm not anticipating it. Fair enough. Yeah, and uh, it, for all you Kings fans who didn't see, uh, J.F. Baruby signed an AHL contract with the Ontario Reign, so he is back. Yes, he system. is back. Uh, Rubes 
a favorite of so many people in the Kings organization. Uh, It's going to be good to have him back around and uh, maybe another Darcy Kemper, Jack Campbell type of a career arc for him because he's still, he can play, I think. And I'm excited to see what could potentially happen for him in his career still. Before we end this, I want to kind of pick your brain. What do you think is going to happen with Ontario? Um, Cal Peterson got the recall permanently, so he's going to start um, with the NHL team. That leaves Troy Grosnick and Matt Villalta, and then they just signed Barubi. I think Grosnick's um, the uh, taxi it, squad goalie because you have to have one goalie on the taxi squad. And I think it's, oh. it's Villalta and Barubi uh, for the rain. And I think Ingham goes back to the Swamp Rabbits after training camp. Yeah, I don't think Ingham is going to uh, go to Ontario this year. I mean, if there's an injury, but, I, I think he, he, he goes. But, um, yeah, I think Grossnick is, for all intents and purposes, uh, the taxi squad goalie for the Kings. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with Villalta's development. He's only 21. He's still very much a a little tiny baby. A very tall but little he, tiny baby. <laughs> yeah, he is um, 6'2". But he's very skinny. If you've ever seen him in person, he... He looks like Mike TV from <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, he he's listed at six foot two and one hundred and seventy pounds. The man is a beautiful. <laughs> um, he is. He's so skinny, very much like Cal Peterson. Like Cal Peterson's not quite that tall, but Cal Peterson's very slender. Like if uh, you ever see him in person, you're like, yeah, yeah. Some of these goalies, they're like all limb. Yes. That is 100% Matt Villalta. Like, you ever look at Matt, Matt Villalta, you're like, where's the rest of you? How are you a professional athlete? Yeah. I mean, he got into 22 games last year with Ontario. Oh, he was he was phenomenal for Ontario, uh, especially after Cal Peterson went up. A little bit up and down. He had a 327 goals against and a 899 save percentage. So just a hair under 900. Uh, which in all honesty, uh, jumping from uh, playing 51 games the year before for the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds, I think that's kind of expected where I would expect him to be. And I would hope that he takes a jump a little bit this upcoming year. To be fair, his numbers aren't entirely reflective of him. Uh, The Ontario defense last year was really and I mean like the team defense was really bad and it was it was a little bit of a sticking point with yeah. Mike Stuthers because they were allowing 30 plus shots on goal every night and I was like are you are you trying to kill your goalies they got hey, better it got a lot of reps for Cal Peterson it did and I think that helped Cal Peterson because the Kings were just as bad. <laughs> I think the Kings were, so I think it was the, the rain were averaging like 34 shots on goal or allowing 
average of 34 shots on goal every night. And Kel Peterson was playing three and three, a lot of back-to-back games, which is kind of insane. Okay, so now you're seeing 70, 80 shots in a weekend. Um, that's, you know, on top of what you do at practice and morning skate and everything like that. And then the Kings, I think, were allowing, like, between 28 and 30. Both teams got better towards the yes, end of the season. Definitely. Ontario made huge leaps and bounds from where they were in January. And Mike Stellers was was quite proud of his team. Um, so they really, both teams definitely showed huge improvements after the, after the new year in January. Yeah, no. And I, I do want to talk about John Robluski. I believe is how you say it, uh, who will be the head coach for the Ontario reign this year. But I think we should save that for time um, because this has been an ADD episode was also like- conversations. And thank you listener for sticking with us. And for for taking part in just our inane rantings, and you're the best. <laughs> you are the best listener. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anything else that you want to touch on with this specific podcast? Not today. Um, again, just to quickly recap, uh, Lake Tahoe is a bad decision for the NHL to host an outdoor game. <laughs> uh, Kings have a lot of players who are playing well at World Juniors. The World Juniors is fun. Uh, Atu Yamsen is doing well. And the Kings roster is going to – it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes up out, out of the training camp and into the start of the regular season. Yeah, I think that about sums it up. So, Robin, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you, listener, for – listening and thank you SB nation for always just being the coolest until next time on crown conversations. I'm your co-host James Nicholson and that's Rob and P.